Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Thank you so much for tuning into today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com. If you feel that I've brought you any value at all, please consider showing your appreciation by becoming a supporter of this free podcast at anchor.fm slash Christopher Yule slash support. This allows me to be able to create more content to give you the tools, tips, and tricks you need to help you trade faster and trade smarter. Hello and welcome back to the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, where we give you the tools, tips, and tricks you need to trade faster and trade smarter. I'm the 10-minute stock trader himself, Christopher Yule, but one of the top 100 people in finance for 2019. And today we have a special guest on the line, Steve Burns, one of the biggest celebrities in the financial space with over 200,000 social media followers. And I'm exceptionally, exceptionally excited and grateful to have Steve online today. Steve, thank you so much for coming on. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com. Uh, thank you so much, Chris, for uh, having me on. Oh, man, it, the, the, the pleasure is all mine. So Steve and I, we, uh, we go back a little bit. I, uh, I started on Instagram trying to build up my platform. And one of the first people I reached out to was Steve. And I said, hey, you have this huge following. How did you do it? And basically, he said, put out good stuff and people will like it. And so that's kind of how we all started from there. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, you do a great job on your Instagram feed. I think you're one of the best for the uh, video video uh, media on Instagram. I enjoy following you as well. Uh, that's that's a huge, huge compliment coming from you, Steve. I, I really do try very hard. In fact, I'm making a video right now and I'm pointing right at it. I see you, YouTube. I see you, Instagram. I'm looking right <laughs> at you. So yeah, today we're going to cover uh, a few questions to uh, to get to know Steve a little better. He's a bit of an an enigma. I know he, uh, being so big as he is, he's actually very uh, he he's not much in the public eye otherwise than on social media. From everything I can tell, uh, he has a lot of people who come to his website newtraderu.com. In fact, I do as well on occasion for some guest posting. Uh, and Steve has recently uh, started talking to a few different podcasts, and we're, we're very grateful to have him on ours today. And so uh, I want to introduce Steve, want to talk about him some, and one of the first questions I wanted to ask him was, how did you get into trading? I think mine has really been a lifelong pursuit. Uh, even as a, as a kid, I always enjoyed numbers and trends and math, and uh, I really got fascinated with uh, compound uh, interest and uh, return growth tables at a probably when I was 15 or 16, which I know all the uh, teenage boys love to see uh, compound capital growth tables. Uh, so I saw what could happen if you could consistently uh, make returns on uh, money and capital, whether it was interest or uh, capital gains. So I started trying to figure out how could I do that. You know, Then it grew into interest. I started looking at stock quote tables in the newspaper daily and looking at how they moved when I was a teenager. Then as I got older, I started uh, – looking at uh, Wall Street Journal and uh, looking at different companies and really starting out as an investor. But and, and also fell in love with the system of capitalism. It's where uh, entrepreneurs create businesses and products and uh, take care of customers and they end up going public with their companies. And I thought it was amazing that we would be able to take a piece of that and actually buy publicly traded companies and uh, 
actually you know be a partner with a great CEO and uh, other shareholders. So it's it's been a lifelong pursuit, and I've always just loved everything about it from a very early age. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, it, it's funny you were saying, uh, you know, 15 year olds having posters of compounding interest right right next to the Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> I know I, I was one of those kids that had lots of posters of motorcycles and uh, and uh, exotic cars on my wall. But you know, there, there's there's special people like you who actually make a difference in the world that uh, have the, uh, the the compounding tables up there. Well, that's cool. So you've been doing this for a little while, then? Yeah, I actually started buying my first stocks. Uh, gosh, I think I was about somewhere between 19 and 20 years old. I might I think I might have still been a teenager. When I started wow. actually able to buy my first stocks, I mean, I was focusing on uh, how fast I could get a uh, stock brokerage account and get a uh, 401k or an IRA going, you know, when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. because I knew you start young, you uh, you can uh, pick up a lot of years on people with the compounding. And, uh, oh, absolutely. It's, it's funny to this day, I'll post on my personal Facebook and I'll just post, you know, compounding tables like 8% returns and just how capital grows. And uh, people, I get trolled on Facebook saying, you know, that's impossible. You can't do that. And all this is endless trolling. And uh, and I say, you know, I did this. I did this in a, <laughs> a, a much greater magnitude than what I'm even showing. I'm just showing like an SP 500 uh, buy and yeah. hold. Uh, but it absolutely is possible. And uh, and uh, and it's been done by endless people and endless right. traders and investors and uh, different people over the years. So it's just a lot of it believes in the belief that it can be done. Oh, I agree. There's a lot of mindset that goes in this. I think you even uh, had some social media posts about how trading is mainly a game between your ears. And I know I, I've been guilty of that a lot, thinking I knew something or, or having the other end of it where I, I feel like I didn't know anything as things were falling apart. Yeah, it's, I think, Saka, you know, that's the one thing I've learned from uh, one, of, one of my favorite trading authors, Alexander Elder, was, you know, trading or investing or even personal finance. You know, there's the aspect of the method you use, the aspect of the psychology you use, and the risk management involved, all three of them. If you don't have the right psychology, uh, you won't make it for just psychological reasons where you'll either quit or you'll take on too much risk or you'll get frustrated or you'll get, uh, you get in a bad mood and you'll just drop the whole thing. It's really crazy, the level of psychology, especially when you go through a bear market. I know so many people that had, went through a bad bear market in the stock market that quit investing in stocks 20 years ago because yeah. of a bad bear market, and that's just – looking at that long-term perspective and get the right long-term perspective on, on trading or investing you know, makes a big difference psychologically. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't really consider that, you know, there's there's trading, which is to say, in my opinion, a short-term 60 to 90-day window or less. Mm -hmm. And then there's there's long-term where you intend, to, you intend to be an owner, uh, like the Warren Buffett approach, right? He doesn't trade anything. He's an investor. Here on the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast, we give you the tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I think the smartest thing you could do is open a new brokerage account with Tastyworks. Tastyworks is a brokerage platform that I use and I recommend. The commission structure is absolutely unbeatable at $1 per leg total. Now, if you sign up for a free Tastyworks account using the code 10MINUTE, that's 10-M-I-N-U-T-E, I'll give you $150 in free 10-Minute Trader exclusive bonuses from 10MinuteStockTrader.com just for opening a free account at Tastyworks. Remember to use the code 10MINUTE, that's 10-M-I-N-U-T-E, when signing up for your new Tastyworks account today. And I think a lot of people try and... Try and uh play both sides of the field with the same with the same money without realizing that there should be a trading trading account and an investing account and I told someone the other day that 
you know, your trading account, you understand that you're taking on additional risk because you want to get additional reward. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to me the difference, too, where people try to lump all traders or investors uh, in together in the spectrum from mm-hmm. a, a day trader with nine screens trying to scalp, you know, a few few dollars in a in a of shares with a large position size to, to make money. Then there's, like you said, Warren Buffett who tries to buy and own something for life, you know, and then the middle, there might be buy and hold investors, simply dollar cost into an index mutual fund or an index ETF. And there's a huge spectrum to say investor or trader and people try to dismiss the whole thing when, uh, you know, obviously the richest people in the world uh, got there from uh, equity, whether it be Bill Gates going all in on his Microsoft this whole time or Martin Zuckerberg mm-hmm. staying with his, with his, uh, Facebook or especially a Warren Buffett with Berkshire Hathaway going from what 10 uh, single digits a share when he took over Berkshire Hathaway, a failed textile firm to build it into a multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars a share by never splitting it. Right. Huge spectrum. People try to dismiss it. There's endless ways to make money in the financial markets. You just have to find one that works. Absolutely. And so that actually leads into to my next question is what how would you describe your style of trading? Uh, Yeah, I've evolved. Over the last 25 years of being active, I've evolved into more of a swing and trend trader in the stock market. My watch list, I focus on the leading stocks and uh, indexes with leverage. I might trade a two times a leverage ETF, and I'll trade the leading uh, leading leaders of the entire stock market for individual stocks. I mean, that's where the majority of the returns come from. It's sort of like the Pareto principle with about 80% of historical returns in the entire stock market come from about 20% of the stocks over the long mm-hmm. term. You know, they're not all Apples and Amazons and Googles. There's a lot of uh, GoPros and uh, Snapchats. You know, they just don't make it. But an index index can give you exposure to the ones that do make it. That's why, uh, you know, they go up over long term. The buy and hold really only works with an index or leading stock because not all stocks (laughs) go up forever. But the ones that do are always captured inside of an index because that's how they take them in and out. So that's part of the secret. Yeah. And so I try to go the buy and hold, you know, that's a proven strategy that's worked for the last 70 years. Uh, But I would, I use moving averages to smooth out the bear markets and stay out of the the bear markets and to, uh, and to use leverage to be even more long during a bull markets and also throwing in leading stocks. That's really where I made all my money was uh, indexes and uh, leading stocks over the last, uh, gosh, last 25 years. That makes a lot of sense. I, and you know what I like about that is you're not you're not chasing, you know, every opportunity that comes along. You have a, a set plan and you understand the uh, the dynamics of the market in general. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, absolutely. That's the big thing. People also, you know, they always say you can't predict the market or, you know, oh gosh, 90 percent of active traders uh, lose money. All right. Uh, yes. But how many have an a- actual plan and system? You know, the 10 percent that are making money might be the 10 percent that actually have a systematic process that's proven to make money where they have the right risk reward ratio. They right. tested their strategy. Uh, they go for the things that have worked over the long period of time. And, you know, they don't always win. You have drawdowns and losing streaks, but over the long term, it plays out if you have an edge. Right. Absolutely. So do you also trade options or do you only trade uh, ETFs and, and single names? I uh, I do do options now and then. I did a, I did mm-hmm. a lot more heavily. I was more heavily in options for several years around uh, 2011, 2012, 2013. But I've really evolved more into more uh, straight equity plays. Oh, okay. Uh, but, 
but I did love, I mean, I've, I've written a few books about options and I really had a, a, I enjoyed the math of all the options. I really enjoyed learning about them, reading the books and actually trading them. Had some gr- huge wins with options that were yeah. crazy, but the, uh, the leverage and the immediacy of the returns, uh, made me really switch back more into equities. You know, I get that. And I was trying to explain to somebody the other day that if you, let's say you had a thousand dollar account, just for example, and you put it all in one single stock and that stock went down 5%, you still have $950 left. And if you had put all thousand of that into uh, options, let's say you bought out of the money call options and it went down 5%, you have nothing (laughs) whatsoever. And yeah. and this person just didn't understand the difference. And I'm like, do you, you don't get it. It's it's an either all or nothing <laughs> yeah. situation with options. And he's like, yeah. well, no, it's not the same. You'd have so much more returns. <laughs> I'm like, no, bro. Listen, it's five percent down, and the underlying has two different impact, two different impacts on these two uh, two different uh, underlyings here. We're talking about a derivative, and then we're talking about the actual equity itself. Yeah, it's exactly. That's what. I, that's the same exact thing I tell people. They want to get heavy into options is like an equity is an asset a uh, option is a bet a specified price and time bet you know you can have amazing leverage with it and you might can use some more in the money options to actually act as a synthetic stock with limited Mm -hmm. downside versus regular stock but it like you said it's all or nothing bets for the most part people ask me what kind of stop loss can they put in for an option contract i'm like you really can't do that your risk management has to be in your position sizing Oh yeah, and the I mean that's yeah that right there is a great great point. Uh, for me, um, this summer was my biggest drawdown ever. I don't want to give you a number, but it's embarrassing, <laughs> and it's because I got really big long gold, and I was wrong. I was so wrong, but I was using my ego instead of my brain, and I was just continuing to add. I was I was uh, what do you call? It? I was averaging down, which is a terrible, oh, terrible strategy. Never, never average down. Only average up. And uh, I didn't know that at the time. And I just watched as my account went down and down and down. And when it got down to a, I think it was just under twelve hundred. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, I've got to stop this. I have let this bleed so long that my account is not going to be recoverable for a good long while. I, I've got to stop here. And um, the. I could have avoided all of that if I had just traded smaller. And if I had had a full loser on that small trade, whatever. But I went, I went big because I, I was really convinced and I had had, I had a few, uh, you know, what I thought were helpful hints from other people that gold was going to go long and gold had been going down. So, you know, a contrarian play would be to go, go long. And, and it was just, it, it was a whole hot, it was a whole hot mess. That's what it was. But I learned a lot from it. And that's why I don't mind sharing that with the podcast audience mm-hmm. is that, you know, these are the kind of things that uh, I want to share with you guys and be able to help you so that you don't mm-hmm. make the same mistakes that I've made. And I'm sure Steve has has some uh, examples of some expensive lessons he's learned from. Yeah, like you just said, it took me about 20 good years to learn those lessons. Uh, my, <laughs> my aggressiveness. I mean, it took tw- about, about 20 years for me to quit going so big. And uh, two big key lessons, you know, I had a 50% drawdown uh, from, from from 1993 to March of 2000. Uh, you know, I got lucky. I got very lucky, sort of like some of the crypto guys did. 
And mm-hmm. my, my original mythology was, you know, investing in in tech growth stocks, which was all the dot coms are in there. So I went and bought a lot of tech and uh, mutual funds in tech, and I was all in tech for the 90s, if you can imagine that. And I held all in tech from like about 93-ish into March of 2000. I had enough to pay off my first house when I was 28 years old oh, wow. with it, if I had chosen to. <laughs> uh-huh. But I ended up... Uh, not having an exit strategy because I thought that was the I was like one of the, the crypto guys nowadays. Like that's it. You just invest in technology. It goes up. The companies grow. You know, not understanding it was a dot com bubble. So mm-hmm. I had a fifty percent drawdown from my equity high in March of two thousand to the low uh, somewhere in two thousand two. I was down about fifty percent from the peak. So uh. that's where a lot of my lessons came from. I tried to start actively trading after the March two thousand peak and uh, and learned that I just got lucky. But it was a good luck. You know, if you can go do this and get lucky and pay your house off early, if you choose to do that with your winnings, I mean, that's a hell of a good game to be in. Uh, yeah, for sure. But, uh, and some of the crypto guys got that. I mean, some of these crypto uh, currency guys had that opportunity. Whether they took the money off the table and did it is another question or how bad their drawdown is. But uh, I learned from Paul Tudor Jones. That's what you're talking about. He had oh, a yeah. paper on his wall that said, losers average losers. Mm-hmm. And I thought at some point I in the last uh, – last, uh, I've had him about eight or nine years ago. I started thinking, you know, Paul Tudor Jones is not going to add to a losing trade. Who the hell am I to add to a losing trade? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, I quit. I quit ever. I so solid. It drives some of my people crazy because I will not average down anymore in anything. No, no, no. Ever. In fact, where I heard that was actually from Dennis Gartman, um, who is like, you know, notoriously <laughs> the wrong direction in every way possible. He was at the <laughs> Dallas Money Show. And actually, this was really, really hilarious. He got on the the little lectern there, and he was kind of just like a preacher who was mad at the at the crowd, <laughs> just like yelling at everybody. You're wrong. Don't question me. I'm Dennis Gartman. Don't you know who I am? Oh man, I wrote the Gartman letter. Don't ever average down. Don't use options. It was great. Yeah, was, I do remember that. It was spectacular. I do, remember, I do remember that being one of his rules. I do remember that. You mentioned that the Dennis Gartman rules. Yep. I thought, yeah, well, that's one I, good yeah. rule he has. It's a great rule. <laughs> but that was the first <laughs> time I'd ever heard, you know, don't average down. And after that, I mean, I had just gone through the experience of averaging down and seeing what a bad idea that was. It really stuck in my mind. No, another another great Paul Tudor Jones quote, which I think he hasn't had a losing year in his funds in a, in his entire career. I don't think, if I remember that right, 30 years, he's never had a down year, hmm, which is wow. uncom- unbelievable for anybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's like only... Only Bernie Madoff might have accomplished that through, <laughs> through chicanery. But one of uh, Paul, Paul Tudor Jones' quotes was, you know, the, some cotton trade taught him a lesson, and he had to ask himself, does he want his life to be a pursuit of pleasure or pain? And after oh. some cotton trade, he never uh, went so big anymore and risked everything on one trade. You know, what, really I think I've heard that, that. You say that. Have you read the uh, the Tony Robbins book about money? Uh, I've, what it's I've, called. I purchased it and I read the Paul Tudor Jones and Ray Dalio chapters. Uh huh. I think but it was I in lo- that chapter. Yeah. His Paul his his Paul Tudor Jones interview on that one talks about the risk reward ratio on the 200 day moving average, which is something I've uh, preached for a long time. It's great to hear Paul Tudor Jones uh, call those things out. Yeah. Could you talk about that a little bit for the podcast audience? The uh, risk reward ratio and the 200 yeah, day moving average. Absolutely. See, those are two huge keys in profitable trading. You know, your risk reward ratio is defined on your entry, your stop loss, and your position size is your risk. Mm-hmm. So whenever you enter a trade, you have to know when you're going to get out if you're wrong. That will avoid having big losses. And your profit target is your reward. 
And if you have an open-ended profit target like trend followers, they just let a winner run as far as it'll go. I've had a bunch of success in that during great bull markets with uh, leading stocks. Uh, your reward could be unlimited. You don't know how far it's going to go, but so you always Absolutely. have an upside running with a trailing stop and see how it reacts at your profit targets. That's your reward side. If that's bigger than your risk side, that can create profitability because you're not going to win every time. So many people try to be right every time and think everybody can predict everything. But it's really how how small you lose and how big you win. That's where the profitability is. If you mm -hmm. have a five to one risk reward ratio, I think you can have a 20% win rate and still make money. Yeah, I remember him specifically saying a uh, a 20% win rate would would still be profitable over time because you could be completely dead wrong on the other four and still break yeah. even. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of like long options have that op have that opportunity with long options. I know I know guys that played these long straddles and strangles. Mm -hmm. For years, you know, small and they lost money and they had made an absolute killing in the fourth quarter. But you have to have a little oh, small yeah. losses for a long time before the volatility spikes give you the money. Yeah, that's exactly. What's interesting in any kind of a system, you know, can you get through the losing streaks? And that's one thing a lot of people are new trades cannot accept the losing streaks and the drawdowns. Mm -hmm. And and the other one, the 200 day moving average, Paul Tudor Jones, I think he said uh, everything I trade, I measure by the 200 day moving average. When it goes below that line, I just get out. You know, he's not oh, going really? okay. to hold something. He's not going to hold something. That's one of his metrics. Which same, one of my metrics, too, is a 200-day and the 250-day. I think I'd also published all that before he even came out and said that. I'd never heard well, he him say that. Well, he got it from you. Let's be, let's be honest here. He got it from you. <laughs> That's funny. I, I felt so validated at that moment because I had so many <laughs> arguments earlier with people. I'm like, man, you can't get a better person to quote than Paul Tudor Jones. Uh, but it's, it's real popular with trend followers, and even CNBC talks about it all the time. I mean, historically, the 200-day has been mentioned by a lot of market wizards. And, uh, you know, that's just a it's a risk or ratio for, like, buy and hold investors. You know, they have those big drawdowns during 2008, early 2009, mm -hmm. 2002, 2000, late 2001. But if you just get out the 200-day moving average, you've captured downside. You just get out. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, we've been trading below the 200-day in the S&P for a while. Yeah, I had people uh, send me messages and thank me because you know, one of my books, uh, Five Moving Averages to Beat, Buy, and Hold for the for the S&P 500 Index, I got a lot of people to go to cash that read that book and actually took those signals seriously. Well, look at that. That's good. I, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I also am sitting on cash, and I have been for about 45 days, and it, it's driving me nuts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I have actually not opened my brokerage screen in about a week or two just because I'm all cash and I'm seeing the market just it's up 500 points one day down 600 points the next. And it's like this kind of volatility is not not conducive to my style of trading. Yeah, I mean, it's not not for mine either. It's just, uh, you know, I'm looking for trends in, in uh, the upside. And another thing people love to we should be short, be short, you know, make money short. And like, that's not how it works. If you would have been short all these times for the last uh, <laughs> Uh, last, I guess, it's been about nine years now. You'd have gotten killed if you'd have shown oh, all yeah. these signals. It's just now is beginning to work. I mean, it worked a little bit earlier this year, and it worked a little bit uh, 2011. Uh, you know, every now and then a flash crash. I mean, it'll work every now and then. But uh, overall, shorting in the stock market is not a profitable method the vast majority of the time. Generally, no. you lose more in bull markets than you make in bear markets. Yeah, I, I agree absolutely. Um, I mean, if you just look, if you just look at any stock chart over pretty much any slightly long duration of time it's going in one direction and that's a 45 degree yeah. angle up to the top right yeah so yeah shorting it works if you can time it really well 
Uh, yeah. I mean, you. I'm sure you and I have both had a, an opportunity to have made money and be like, oh, I'm a genius. Yeah. And then turn around a week later and you're like, oh, what was I thinking? Because yeah, I, I know I've yeah. gone through that for sure. Absolutely. The pain in 2008, so many guys I knew were shorting and they'd be up huge. I think I had a few of them myself uh, every now and then in 2008. And I'd be up huge. And then just the, the volatility and downtrends is so much higher than oh, uptrends. Yeah. The volatility of uptrend can be, like you said, look and see a nice smooth 20-day moving average or 50-day moving average as support for months. And in a in a downtrend like 2008 or, you know, this this started out volatile, but it's really gone straight down in December. But that's mm-hmm. very rare. But, yeah, the volatility is what makes the uh, – the, the downside so hard to trade. It's not the same as the upside because of the wild moves and some of the biggest rallies happen during bear markets. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw some stat the other day where it was like the the biggest rallies that that were ever done were it, it was yep. some, it was some some staggering statistic like the biggest ten rallies of over ten percent in like three days or something were all in bear markets. Uh, or on the way to bear markets. And and that's what a lot of people just don't understand is that it, it goes down and it goes up so much faster. Those candles mm-hmm. are so mm-hmm. much bigger than they yep. ever were. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I, I was making the joke uh, a, a little while ago that, that uh, you know, there were all these baby candles at the end of 2017 <laughs> as it was going up. And then all the candles grew up all of a sudden. <laughs> well, that's a, that is absolutely the truth. Uh, it's, it's incredible. The, the, I mean, because you can be – that's the thing people keep on about the short side. Like you can be on the wrong side, the short side, or the long side in this kind of a market. Just depending Either on way, the day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you, so you can get killed at being long or short. And you know, they say, well, you can double your chance of winning being short. Well, you can also double your chance of losing being short. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I had somebody who asked me on LinkedIn. They're like, hey, man, is it time to liquidate my, my 401k? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Depends on the day. You might be up 10% one day and down 4% or more. The, the next and and i was like i mean if this is your 401k if this is a long-term portfolio like you and i were talking about earlier you know i i never ever and, and i'm probably i'm probably one of the few people who would say this i never look at my my long-term 401k portfolio ever i will look at it once a year to re- reallocate it mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. it i'm not going in there because i know that there's going to be fluctuations but i also know that everything's hedged in there, like right. I have a balanced, diversified portfolio, and a long-term mm. term time horizon. You've got to have that kind of structure in there. Yeah, and, and that is a system. Buy and hold investing with uh, the U.S. indexes is a system. Yeah, that, no that doubt. Bets, that bets on the market, the stock market in the U.S. going up over time, and the indexes rotating the winners in. I mean, that so people don't understand is buy and hold is a system. Yeah, but and they, Warren but, Buffett would tell you that that's a great system because that's that's what he does. He even made a bet that was somebody mm-hmm. that was like, mm-hmm. what was it? Was, was, uh, I think he bet a basket of 10 funds? hedge funds. Yeah, he yeah. bet a basket of 10 hedge funds. He could beat them all in, in uh, average, and he just simply won the S&P 500 index. Yeah, that's all. And he did. <laughs> he won. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like he bet. He bet. Uh, I remember a few years ago, he bet. I think it was Quicken Loans. They had his bracket. He would bet. Anybody could name the, N- the NCAA bracket. He'd give them a billion dollars. I heard that. Yeah. Because he, he knew the odds were greater than well, finding a well, BD let's, on Well, let's Earth. be real here. He owned several insurance companies. He wasn't worried about it. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. they pull out a billion dollars every quarter. Ain't no, yeah. no thing for them. Yeah. So. The, the, he just knew the statistical probabilities were, were virtually impossible, which people oh, don't realize yeah. that. Absolutely. So if if you could change one thing over your course of your trading career, what would it be? 
I know that's kind of a tough question, but I, I, I know what I would have changed, and it would, <laughs> it would be not to go long gold this summer. But I learned from it, so <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, I, uh, I would start with the quantified method and system from the beginning. I mean, you take so much of the psychology out where you are following a process that has an edge from the beginning. I mean, it took me uh, a good decade to really – uh, get into more methodical process. I was more like the average retail investor and trader just trying to have opinions and bet on things and think I knew something and think my opinion mattered, my predictions mattered, when in reality I should have had a systematic trend-following process for the stock market using uh, indexes and uh, leading stocks. And that's yeah. what I should have began with, not figure out after a decade of just getting – the luckier I get, the longer my learning curve was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. I mean, even somebody who starts with a system, I mean, it may be a flawed system, but it, somebody having some sort of system and then being able to develop it over time, I think mm -hmm. is really key. Yeah, or, or at least principles, you know, principle-based where, you know, you're long in bull markets, you know, you're cash in bear markets, you're uh, looking mm -hmm. for leading stocks, you have some kind of, even a fundamental uh, filter for stocks or a... Uh, just some kind of a process of principles involved, even, you know, whatever you are, day trader, buying a breakout the first hour, you know, just something you can quantify so then you can measure it and you can make adjustments and learn. Right, right. Man, I've tried my hand at day trading and I am yeah. not meant for day trading. <laughs> I can't handle the stress. Not at all. I, I, I mean, my heart beats so fast and my, I start to sweat and it's like, no, 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 no. I can't be doing this. Uh, I'm not meant for that. I learned the same lesson. I remember the day, it was, I think it was well about over a decade ago, I remember I had actually moved through a million dollars in capital you know, with margin, not the account size, but how much mm -hmm. I had traded with my margin account. I had mm -hmm. moved to a million dollars, and I was like up a few dollars on yeah. the day. I had traded for over seven hours, and, uh, and it was just like almost like you, it's so dangerous, the psychology and the stress involved with moving that kind of money during the day, and then one your ego wanting to win it's a very dangerous it's such in the immediacy of the losses and the commission oh, yeah. cost and the and the time you put into it you know and i started you know as i as I, i've went through all the systems from you know fundamental analysis to trade trading to option trading to trend following i mean i've done just about every process you could do to learn about myself and like you said i learned i don't want to sit in front of screens for seven and a half hours a day oh, no. trying to grab tiny little trends inside an intraday frame you know, it's just it was just I'd rather have a job. Yeah. And, you know, that that that's kind of how my my whole platform started with the 10 minute trader thing. So, like, I. I wanted to trade while still at my job, but I wasn't able to have a trading platform on my work computer. So what I started doing was bringing my iPad to work and kind of like doing it under my desk and stuff. And then I was like. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is kind of fun. I could call it like the 10 minute trader because I only get like 10 minutes a day to actually look at this stuff. And that's yeah. kind of how it started from there. Cause I got a lot of, a lot of people ask me, you know, where 10 minute stock trading come from? Well, that that's where I was. I was, I was the guy hiding my iPad under my desk <laughs> doing my trades. Not that I'm trying to be in and out in 10 minutes. No, that's, that's, yeah. that's the opposite of my style. Yeah. I think, I think my lessons were, uh, was Ed Sakota was an end of day trader. He's one of the most successful traders the last 40 years, trend following futures. And he said, you know, having a, having a uh, ticker on your desk, you know, back in the old days, they used to have stock tickers. It was like having a, cause having a slot machine on your desk. Yeah. And also Nicholas Darvis made 2 million in the sixties trading end of day through telegrams. 
And, oh my gosh! Uh, I think Tom Bassett, one of my favorite market wizards uh, that that I uh, know through social media personally, he uh, he uh, he does end of day trading and puts on hedges. And then and uh, you know so many people that I admired, I thought all these people are end of day traders. What in the world am I doing? You know, spending 35, 40 hours a week on this. I mean, it's almost like I started out as an investor, moved into more active trend trading, and then tried my hand at day trading. Like you said, it was not for me, and then went back into the longer term swings and trends over multiple days because that's where all my money was made. I mean, that's yeah. where I made my money. You know, checking at the end of the day, going, okay, it's up, it's an uptrend. Let's hold it longer. You know, that was where the money was made, uh, right. not not trying to sit there for seven and a half hours. Oh yeah, I get that. And you know, a lot of people they they want the immediacy of the gains, and they don't they don't comprehend what it's actually like to be in in that war room type mentality until they're there. And that's when people really decide, you know, if or is if this is or isn't for you. And it, it certainly wasn't for me. I mean, a lot of people may really enjoy it, like mm-hmm, like going mm-hmm. to the casino. But uh, yeah. I'm like you. I, I I got other things to do with the rest of my day than just sit sit and stare at a screen to look for the the exact right moment to get in and out. Yeah, that's that might be a lot of the failure rate comes from because you have to figure in the time. That's a really good point. Eight much because you have to trade much bigger to make the the small wins meaningful, which is right. also another factor of psychology. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It just wasn't for me. A much better quality of life. Checking <laughs> in the day and also yeah. where the money where for me the money was was made my, my money was made from 1993 to march 2000 and my and my and then i started again 2003 to 2007 was a huge uh, compounding growth time period for me uh, i learned the lessons from the 2000 2000 crash from the dot com to go to cash in january 2008 primarily out especially with all my like you the longer bigger accounts that i traded longer term was all in cash until march of 2009 so i avoided the big Money nice uh, of uh, losses of 2000, which that blew people's mind. I remember, my wife at the time was shocked. It was only at four percent in 2008. I think it was from money market accounts in the retirement mm-hmm. accounts, and she was stunned. I said, "You don't realize people took 50 percent drawdowns this year. All my moving averages said go to cash." Yeah. So I, I, that was my last year. I tried my hand at some day trading in 2008. That huh. was enough for me. Right, I get that. <laughs> So you mentioned your wife. Um, does she also trade? She actually did some uh, e-course learning for a big tech company, and her last company was a software company. She retired in her fourth, uh, and uh, she just does our the website and our platform full time. She's the one that really was the driver behind the the, the books and the e-courses and the, the platform itself for uh, new traders. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I. Uh... I had seen uh, Steve and Holly Burns on your books, and so I wasn't wasn't real sure, um, you know, if if she was trading or or not. So so how many books do you have? I know it's a few. Yeah, counting. I think it's about twenty counting because I was published originally uh, about uh, gosh seven or eight years ago. I did have a publisher at one point. Actually, when with me and Holly, when you know we've we've been married for four or five years, we actually started. Uh, she started, you know, doing all the Kindle formatting and copywriting and editing and chewing me out for my uh, <laughs> grammar and uh, and designed the covers herself. Uh, so uh, yeah, about twenty altogether, counting everything. So 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 okay. Let I, I would like the audience to understand what Steve just said. He's been in this for two decades. He's seen bull markets and bear markets. He understands that in a bear market, cash. Cash is a better play than going short. 
And this dude has written 20 books. So he knows what he's talking about. Because at least by now he would have figured out how to, you know, figured out a couple things, right? And let's <laughs> yeah. just let's let's also keep in mind that he is actually gracious enough to share that knowledge with you, kind of like we're doing here today. And you know, I think that's amazing. Twenty books written on trading. You can have like a, a narrative fiction one talking about a new trader versus a rich tra trader, and a mentoring one. And I've got, you know, fifty moving averages that beat buy and hold. It has like fifty trend following systems that worked long term, and <clears throat> several different. Uh, just different type calm trader, you know, the psychology of trading. So I did have a bunch of different gamut. Wherever the spirit moves me, uh, I, uh, you know, I actually, I actually have read. I think it's over 400 trading and investing books. And, Holy uh, cow! You know, I'd read so many. I thought, well, heck, I might as well just write them. So uh, that's where a lot of it came from. I actually, I think overall, I've read a thousand nonfiction books in the last 25 years. No way! A, a thousand? thousand How does somebody find books. the time for that? I watch very little TV and movies. Yeah? I get I'm, that. I'm very, I'm just, I like to be active. I'm a very, uh, just like to be stimulated and active and, and doing things. I'm not a really good at passive things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, just, yeah, I've actually enjoyed a lot of it. I've loved social media. I've enjoyed writing the books. I've enjoyed a lot of the interactions. Uh, it's been, it's been fun. Wow. I, I, I'm really impressed. I thought I did a lot of work. I get up at, uh, 3.30 every day and, uh, I work on the website until, about 5.30 or 6 when I get my kids up and take them to school. Then I go work a day job and then I come home and I put my phone and everything away and have real family time. And then when they go back to bed, then I'm back to working on the website and everything. But yeah, that's uh, I, I don't think my schedule compares to anything where someone's written like, you know, 20 trading books, and like a thousand other books. That's just it's unreal. Yeah, I love learning. That's one thing I've always been passionate about and love being rewarded for learning. You know, that's the thing. I guess we keep going back to trading is these big the big winning streaks and the money and the life changing capital uh, make it all worth worthwhile. I, you know what? That's a great point. Absolutely. So what what all is on your website? Uh, NewTraderU.com. I know I have had the chance to to write a couple articles for you there, but I'm sure that there's more than just uh, articles and links to books. What all do you have on there? Yeah, there's there's links to all my social media. I'm on a lot of different social media uh, platforms. Uh, you know, like we see see mainly on Instagram, Twitter, and have a Facebook trading group. And uh, uh, I have uh, links to e-courses. I've actually created a bunch of different e-courses, different topics, and links to my books. But uh, there's thousands of articles there. You know, for uh, traders to read about uh, trading. I've written, I've been writing articles there since 2011. So there's just thousands and thousands of trading topics and guest posts and my posts about, you know, just about anything you can think of related to trading. Wow. Cool. I'm going to have to go dig through those archives for podcast topics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. But Very yeah, Holly cool. was the web, Holly's a web developer behind the new trader. U website. She does, we do, she does all this in house. So she's been the driver behind all that. So she's done an amazing job with the website. Well, man, that, that, that's really cool. And Steve, I, I I would really love to go more in depth on all these these books that you've written. So we'll have to have you back on to to talk about them. I mean, in a, in a perfect world, I could get you on and, and we could talk about each one and really go into to some detail and give the the audience a lot of, a lot of information they could use in order to to better their own trading strategies and learn some of your tools, tips, and tricks to to trade better. So that's that'll be great. Yep, sounds good. Yeah. Hey, Steve, is there anything else that you uh, you want to cover today in, uh, in today's podcast? 
Uh, no, I would like to tell everybody to be safe out here in this stock market. This has been wild. There's been a lot of uh, capital destruction going on. Oh, in yeah. The, this is the worst since uh, December of 1931, the worst oh, of wow. December, and it's the worst week since 2008, December 2008. So uh, oh, very, very dangerous. you know. That is um, ominous. Always play defense first. Always keep what you got and be very careful in trying to compound it. Right, uh, right. So – do you think we're going to have a Santa Claus rally? Boy, I tell you, not the fourth quarter. <laughs> I have, not, every signal I have has gone bearish. All my crossovers have gone bearish. The only thing right now that are, are bullish on my watch list is the 20-year Treasury, TLT, ETF, gold miners, and mm-hmm. uh, gold – is right there at the precipice. It actually, I can't. Actually, I cannot trade GDX and I cannot <laughs> trade GLD. Nope. I'm. I am my, done with those two jerks. They stole my money. Yeah. The, the GLD <laughs> uh, when the, when it was in the downtrend, my it was my five day, twenty day EMA cross under had me out of gold during the downtrend and actually had a couple of false signals. Actually caught the last uh, gold move to the upside. Not. Uh, had to do a double left, a huge move to the upside, but a little bit. But I did have bullish mm-hmm. signals in silver and gold with crossovers, the GLD, SLV, and a GDX. But like you said, not they're not great historically trending ETF. Yeah. So they're not easy to trade, but that's bad when those are bullish charts right now. Oh, yeah. Jeez. For sure. <laughs> I much prefer to have some growth stocks, but yeah, that's where we're at in the defensive market. Even the consumer staple ETFs have all broken down the uh, uh-huh. and the uh, defensive sectors, even utilities and healthcare is all breaking down. So right now, I'd like to leave everybody saying, you know, right now, market, the equities as an asset class are under heavy distribution. Mm-hmm. So and that is not a good place where you want to be investing, at least not yeah. for now. Not I mean, for now. Cash- Cash is a great risk-free position. I like to tell people that, you know. Yeah. I mean, only... I, I had someone on Twitter. They're like, "Oh, there's inflation." Yeah, I know, but we're not talking about inflation right now. Jeez. Yeah. Much better to <laughs> lose two two percent two percent buying power in a year is much better risk than losing thirty percent on the growth stocks. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like Facebook after earnings, right? Jeez. Yeah, there's been some there's been some nasty stuff out there, but I hope everybody just stays safe and uh, I wouldn't even look at. Uh, equity until we get back over at least a 250-day moving average at least. Well, there you go, folks. Some parting words from Steve. Look for the 250-day moving average before you start trying to get back in. Thanks. Well, Steve, hey, thank you so much for point. being on the podcast today. I, I really mean it. This is uh, this is the first time Steve and I have had to uh, the opportunity to actually speak on the phone. So uh, I, I can't express to you how 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 grateful I am actually, Steve, that you and I have connected and that we've uh, been able to to establish some good rapport and be able to do this today. Yeah, it's been great talking to you, Chris. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and, uh, I look forward to having Steve back on. So that wraps up today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10 Make sure to come back tomorrow for more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. Our mission statement at 10 is to empower others to employ the strategic advantages of options trading and to provide confidence that they can profit in any market scenario. Please be sure to give me a like and a comment below and tell me how you can use this in your own portfolio. I have so much more content just like this over at 10minutestocktrader.com. There you'll find all the bullish, bearish, and neutral strategies I trade as well as everything I've traded in my portfolio over the last year. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me. It really does mean the absolute world to me that I've become a part of your day. I've been your host, Christopher Yule, and thanks for stopping by. Now that wraps up today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. I've been your host, Christopher Yule, and thanks for stopping by.
10minutesdoctor.com content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10minutesdoctor.com and Christopher Ewell, through his content, financial programming or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. 10minutesdoctor.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of transaction security trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client's situation or investment objectives. 10minutesdoctor.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker-dealer. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and any instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. You alone are responsible for making your investment trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risk associated with the use of any financial security and brokerage platform. For more information, please visit 10minutesdoctor.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.